and how we come to you and the things that are done that's pleasing and honoring in your sight after you have given us a full week of providing our needs according to your riches and glory. Thank you for being faithful all the time, all the time. So as we go forward, Lord, um, speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. And all this thing said, amen. We're done with the word, uh, or the, the uh, subject is drawing the line. Drawing the line. And when we talk about drawing the line here, then we're looking at the scripture. And it says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the, of the wicked, nor stands in the way of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of scorners, scorners, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and, and on his law he meditates day and night. And he is like a tree planted by the streams of water that yields its fruit in the season, and his leaf does not wither, and all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Oh, I, I, I know that verse. Oh, I know that. That's a familiar verse. Well, I thought that this morning, clarifying our thoughts for this morning, when a person has decided to be totally submitted to the will of God, he or she will purpose in his or her heart to draw a line that will clearly define their perspective, purpose, and position. The psalmist makes it very clear that there is a specific plan for the dedicated and sincere heart. And so when we look at the psalmist and what he says, he, when he will go over it and you Heard the message before, we want to repeat it and, and bring out things over and over again. Um, repeat, reinforcement. Somewhere along the line, we say, who are you? And once you, which, once you establish who you are, then you draw the line. You draw the line because, see, when people are, when you are not different with, for the other, with others, you don't have to draw the line. You, you don't have to set limitations. You can laugh along with other jokes. You can blend in. Because you see, since you haven't drawn the line, they haven't recognized anything, so guess what? They assume you're with them until you actually draw the line. So determine, so these are the, the, the outline, determine plans uh, of the blessed man. Then you see the dedication of the uh, of the blessed man, and then the description of the blessed man. Let's get right into it. When we talk about the, determ the determined plans of the blessed man, then this whole idea of the blessed man here, we're looking at something. Intentionality de demands a plan of action. So the psalmist started with his spiritual status. He starts off, when you look at Psalms and how it's broken down, it starts off with the, spirit, the spiritual status. It doesn't start off with sinners and everything else. It starts off with uh, one word, and, and, that, and we look at it, we go through it. It says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Let's see. 
Number one, he wisely established his source, his, his counsel. He watched what he hears, and when it doesn't measure up to what God's word says, he immediately, uh, if, it's, uh, if it's something that can help eat the meat and, you know, and spit out the bone. Now, some folks say, well, see, I know this is oversimplistic. When he says, well, the pastor said we are not to listen to the, you know, Biden, the counsel of the ungodly. And you're looking for uh, some direction, and the unsaved person gave you direction. And you say, well, I can't listen to him because you're not saved. You better listen to the direction there. That's not what it's talking about. When the, since the what counsel? The counsel of the ungodly, if you think that the ungodly are everyone, is everyone that's outside of the family of God, you're sincerely wrong. There are unsaved people in the house of God at the pulpit, and they are 100% wrong. If a person comes to you, quote, preaching the word, and they do not use the word of God, and Jesus is not used in the word of God, if it does not go on the principles of God, then it is a nice speech. That's what it is. Boy, they say, boy, he really preached the gospel. No, he didn't preach the gospel. He gave a nice speech. And the things he said to you only deals with the things of life, and you may trip on something going out the door. But if you're listening to the word, all of a sudden there's a word called rima. What's the word? This, this word rima means that when I'm speaking to you, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit takes you into your little small, small room and says, you hear what he's saying. You know you're going through that. And you're trying to sit there looking all sophisticated and everything else. And the Holy Spirit is just giving you a beat over right there in the seat, right? Because you know that the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two of the sword. Divide of the soul, the spirit, the joints, and morals, and discern of the thoughts and intents of the heart. God's word get down where you are and what you're thinking. You can't fool God. He gets right where you are. He gets right into your stuff. Say, blessed is the man. And, and the word is, he walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Because you can't walk in the counsel of the ungodly and walk in the word of God at the same time. Amen. Question, who are you listening to? He established his lifestyle and environment. Question, who are you keeping company with? He says, Noah stands in the way of the sinners. He, he's standing there in a lifestyle and envir environment. So who are you uh, keeping company with? Um, because you cannot, and please don't use this word, evangelistic uh, uh, intermingling, and, uh, and Jesus hung out with sinners. Please don't use that statement. Your friends pretty much de define where your thinking is. And so the psalmist says, blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. The ungodly Always talk about the things of now and what you can get for yourself, etc., etc., etc. He established a different attitude approach to life than his appears. 
Question is, is your response pleasing and honoring to the Lord? It says, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Not only you walk, you don't walk in, uh, in the counsel of the ungodly, you see, nor stand in the way of the sinners. But you're not going and you sit, now you're sitting down, that's resting. You're sitting with them, and the things that they're saying about the things of God and the things that they're saying, saying about what is good, they scorn it. And they say, that's old-fashioned. They say, get with the plan. But God's word does not change. You know what they attack more? The word of God more than anything else. You can talk about Buddha. No problem. Um, you, can, you can say a few things. Be careful how you said about Muhammad. No. You get a few ways. No problem. You can talk about all of these things. And guess what? No problem. The moment you bring up Jesus. The moment that you say that. You see the expressions and the tonal qualities. Talk, just talk with your friends. Start talking about everything else. Then bring up the word Jesus and see how it changes the whole atmosphere. Why would a word do that? Because you see, they, they don't know who you are. But if they know who you are, then they know where you're coming from. Because when you, when you stay within the line, it's very clear. That's why I appreciate um, Billy Graham. He stayed within the line. Now you go on YouTube, you'll find people who have attacked him in so many vicious ways. Vicious ways. <coughs> Excuse me. And, um, and in attacking him, um, people believe, without facts, they believe them. Instead of watching his whole life, and all the folks who have come to know the Lord, and everything else, and they attack all of the, all the small things to shoot a man down like that. Then the question is, what do you say? Let me suggest, nothing. You know, there's sometimes just keep your mouth shut. I say, I, I, that's, that's a pit of, of, no, that's a, a pit of stupidity. I don't go, I don't step in pools of stupidity. Why, why should I go there, you know? I don't have nothing to say. You're a non-conversation, I guess not, because I've drawn a line. There's some things I, I don't talk about, I don't need to talk about. He already has a life. God's all, God already blessed him. Lives are being changed. What, what do I have to say to change the man? And what I have to offer to, that's better than what he's doing. So the best thing I can do is keep my, my, my mouth shut and work on me. Scornful. Be careful that you're not hanging out with people with negative words. Begin to set up a barrier so that you say, not so. I, I don't, avoid the situation, go around it, because you don't have to accept negative words. You can be in a negative situation where all this negative words going around. Got it? You got it, okay, we're okay. How How is this uh, affecting your attitude concerning the will of God? Uh, there, there are those who um, who just minimize everything, but God said, this affects your attitude when you hang with people like that. 
So number two, dedication of the blessed man. Now watch what the blessed man does. As a result, we begin to take him apart. But his, de- what is that word? What is it again? His delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he what? He meditates. But one word is a, like a cow, it ruminates. It, it just goes over and over. How often? Day and night. The pattern of his thinking, day and night. In his law does he meditate day and night. It's not like now I put on my, my Jesus cap and I think on Sunday, and then once I go out the door, I take it off, and I talk about all the other stuff. No, 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 no. The moment that God saves you, he teaches you how to think his way all the time, all the time. And it's not like you're judging folks and everything else. You see how you can be a blessing to them and helping them to see the same thing to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we, we think about the, uh, to, to delight in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates. He thinks. He is like a what? Tree. Planted by the streams of water that yields its fruit in the season. And its leaf does not wither. And all that he does, he prospers. Breaking it down real quickly here. His delight. Emotional response. When you see this word delight, and this looks like an emotional thing. He says, the one in says, oh, how I love your law. I love God's word. Both say, I love the word of God, and the Bible got flowers growing from it, you know. It's supposed to be a garden, you know, outside that house, the boy, you know. Then, then Samuel said, then what doeth the weeds growing from your, 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 your Bible, you know. If you love God's word, then it should be put in a place where you're imbibing God's word. Oh, how I love your word. Uh, that is, it's not a burden. It's not overbearing. And it's not like you are trying to put it over on other folks. You don't have to, not have to wear big signs and all these other things. But it would be interesting to see, you know, um, and it's all right to use your smartphones to follow scripture and everything else. But you're interested to see, let's keep your smartphones on. Let's see what you're looking at, your smartphones. Were you following me in the word? Oh, did you look over to Facebook? Oh, what about Twitter? Were you just getting a little message over while you were in between? Station identification? Where, where were you while you sitting in the presence of a mighty God. That's why I said, when you, when you come to morning worship, bring your A-game. When you, come, when you come through that door, bring your A-game. What are you bringing to this congregation? What are you bringing to God and saying, God, here's what I come to offer because I delight, I love your word. I love what your word has to say to me. He delights, emotional, joy. Peace and strength and insight. You get that when you when you delight in the Lord. His diligence, dedication. He's diligent at it. In his law, does he meditate what? Day and night. Day and night. It's a part. Of, it's a part of his thoughts. He's thinking about it all the time. You can only effectively meditate on what you know. So then, as you begin to meditate, and effectively meditate. That's why God wants you to know his word. First John, 
when you look at this, this goes, and if you start reading, it's five uh, chapters. If you start just going through the word, these things I write that you may know, that you may know. Know what? Oh, you have to read it. It says, no, no. So many times it says the things that you should know. No. Because you see, the moment that we are in a position that we are blessed individuals, the individuals who are walking in the will of God, there are doors that will be opened that no one can close for you. Because God will do it for you. That's all I'm saying. When we position ourselves, it's almost like those who, who are uh, in athletics. When it comes down to uh, football and down to the last few um, minutes, and you're down toward the goal, and the ball and the football is supposed to be coming to you, and he throws it, and you're over on the other side of the goal. You're supposed to be over here, and you're over there, and you're trying to, and you now you're trying to say, "Am I supposed to be over there?" The ball gets over there, and guess who loses? All of, all of that time that they played, and you say, "Well, I thought because you did not position yourself in the right place at the right time, and guess what? Not only did you lose, the whole team lost because you thought." Well, you hurt my feelings. Boy, it's more than feelings don't get hurt because of all the time and everything else. And it was the last game of the season. Thousands of people have, have paid, and you were not focused enough to be in the right place at the right time. Do you understand that God is saying to you, you need to be at the right place at the right time that when I throw it to you, you'll receive it, that when you give it out, those who are there at that particular time are hit with it and influenced by it. Why do you think that the disciples were all gathered into one room on one accord? God says, now I'm getting ready to throw it. Here comes the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes. Now, by that time, you have 5,000 Jews from different, different languages coming down roads that only the Romans built, coming to come to Jerusalem at once a year. They're all mashing around, and all of a sudden, they're speaking. God says, I'm throwing it, and everybody's there speaking in tongues. They wonder what's going on. 5,000 people are there, and they get saved because they're diligent to listen to the Lord, be where the Lord wanted them to be, and wow, 5,000 now go back out to where they live telling others about Jesus Christ. You see what I'm saying? You are so important. Every one of you are so important. You cannot afford not to drop the ball. It's a foolish thing not, not to, to uh, drop the ball. When God says, I've given you all the things, blessed you, and you decide to be on the other side of the field saying, oh, am I supposed to be over there? It is not funny. It's pathetic. And the loss, you'll never know until you get the glory. You know, the thing is, God will say, but I still love you. I still love you. You're still mine. You know, one thing that would be one thing that would break that I would I do not want and this is going to Mac to stand before the Lord and not look into his eyes with, with of disappointment. I said, I gave you the ball and you dropped it. Ah. Ah. 
you can only be effective, uh, effectively meditate what you, on what you know. You, your meditation will greatly affect everything you will do and say. And in his law does he meditate. The reason I meditate so I'll know the heart of God, so that when I know the heart of God, I'll know exactly what to do, and he promised to be with me all the time. We've been very patient. And I said, my invisible Moses has come to the door to say, let my people go. So let me uh, finish here. The description and contrast of the blessed man. Psalm 1-4. The wicked are not so, but are like the chaff with the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Few words are, are in this text. Few words in this text are spent on losers. Did you see that? When you when you when you see the description and everything else, try to find how many statements are made about losers. One of them is, is right there. You know, uh, the wicked are not so, but are like the chaff with the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Boom. Gone. Lord says, why should I talk about you? You don't have a future. You're not a part of my family. You don't have a hope. So why should I waste my words on you? You don't want to listen to me. You're bent on yourself. So you keep on going your way, and guess what? You're like the chaff which the wind drives away. When they with the, uh, that uh, wheat there, there's a, a part on that wheat that they call the chaff, and uh, and the wind kind of blows it, you know, just kind of like almost like a dust. It just kind of blows it away. He says, "You're like the chaff on wheat that just blows away." Now they knew, being people out there, they knew exactly. You know, for us, we have to go look up what is chaff and all these other. But they knew exactly what he was talking about. Psalm 1, 6, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the perish will what? Perish. His position, his productivity, his prosperity. As we look at all the things that are said about this man, about his position and his productivity and his prosperity, it says the Lord knows the way of the righteous. God knows not only does he know, he is already prepared. And what he's doing, he's moving us toward that time. What I'm finding, that, and what you hear now, they're talking, I hope you're listening, they're talking more about the end times. I have not heard about them talk about the end time in years, as much as they're talking about right now, as far as Jesus Christ and his imminent return. That means that Jesus Christ, his, I mean, he can come today. And all of our plans and everything that we ever hoped, gone. Because, and don't worry about that. Because everything that's ahead of us is indescribable. Because we hang out with an indescribable God. We have a future and a hope and a joy. And, you know, and one word I think that you probably, we're all probably taking with us in the glory. You know what that one word is? I know, I know you're just dying to hear what this one word is. Wow! 
you're going to see our glorious Savior. You're going to say, wow. You'll see the host of angels saying, glory. You're going to see the seraphim and all these things. Wow. And when you begin to see, and they, they have one songwriter wrote, when I've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, and have no less days to sing his praise than when I first begun. Wow! What you won't be taking with it, all the folks that got on your last nerve, don't look back. Wow! <laughs> everything, all of the pains and sorrows and everything else, don't worry about that. Wow! You have drawn the line and you are part of the, the company of the saints that God says, you're mine. And God is working in you both to will and to do his perfect, his, his perfect what? Will. And the result of it, he will also, get this now, he will also make sure that that which he has started, he will finish. Alpha. And Omega, the beginning and the end. And so as we close this morning, been very patient. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinners, but his delights in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree. Planted by the rivers of water, and his leaf also should not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So, one last thing. And this one last thing is this Who are you? And is your life a confirmation to your declaration? If not, why not? Make the adjustments today. Last week we asked, who are you? And then if you are, then you're the person who draws the line. Regardless of what folks say. And what folks say, yes, it hurts. But that's okay. I'm focused. <laughs> I know where I'm going. I know who loves me. And I declare who I love. So say what you have to say. Because you're going to say it up to a point and then I'll be gone because I'll say, like Billy Graham and all the others, wow, it really won't matter anymore. And as we close this morning, are there any adjustments you need to make in your life? And, and let me just say this as I close with prayer. Remember when Jesus said, the most frightening thing, frightening words. When Jesus said, I never knew you. He says, in that day, they said, well, Lord, didn't I do this? And, didn't I do that? and he says, I never knew you. There will be folks who have joined the church, come to morning worship, and done all of the things that were, quote, nice. And the Lord's going to say, I never knew you. You never, never, you never claimed who you were. You never drew the line. You grew up in a, a, a Christian home and you assume that because things didn't happen to you, you were saved. 
You went to camp, you did this, and you did all of those nice things, all the things that, quote, a, a Christian is supposed to do, but there was never a relationship between you and me. I never knew you. But then it, then it, then it, then it really hurts. He says, depart from me. Get out of my face, you worker of iniquity. He said, well, all I'm saying is this. When it comes down to believers, let's stop the games. Either it's Jesus or not. Yes or no. No middle of the road. Jesus or not. And if it's Jesus, then here's the thing. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your what? Reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Because blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. It's bottom prayer. Father, thank you for the saints of God. Thank you for your word and what it has to say to us. Oh, we're familiar with the passage of scripture. We heard it so many times, preached in various ways. I just pray, Lord, that um, as we hear these things, we begin to apply it to our hearts, that we understand that you are God who love us, you have a plan for our lives, and we, while we have the time, we should make the necessary adjustments. Help us to do just that. Thank you for the saints. Thank you for what you're going to do today and this day forward. In Jesus' name we pray, and all the saints said,